me tell you about my hometown, Esteli, Nicaragua. The city of Esteli is a world full of colors that match the spirit of my people. The walls of Esteli are brightly painted with colorful graffiti, and the humble homes are close together like our tight-knit community. This was captured by Doug Diaz and Soul Culture Studios, and now is display on this beautiful vase. Nica Rustica brand featured El Brujito, the official symbol of the city of Esteli. El Brujito is a petroglyph that was found in a rock over 6,000 years ago, and it is a symbol of pride for every Esteliano. Nica Rustica Dove is a unique, unpolished Habano experience, and we are super excited for you to try it. Nica Rustica Dove, from our house to yours. Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and smoking cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. Oh boy, and the Odyssey continues. <laughs> What's up, Dojo it. Nation? Welcome well, to another silent. episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, oh, uh, really trying to power through, Robbie Raz. There's our co-host, heavily caffeinated or something, Randy Griggs. Randy. Whoa. Dojo. You are boisterous today, my friend. What is going yeah. on with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm confused why I had to like quiet down for us to open to dead air, man. I, I think I think that, that that was unnecessary, but I'm super excited to be back. We got a whole new segment. We're getting back to our roots, buddy. We're going back to beer. You know I've got a lot to say tonight, so I hope everybody's ready to come in, strap in, and fucking hold on. Pardon my life. Oh, I didn't know we had to use... Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry I mean, that just slipped out. Yeah, just... yeah have yeah, smash that uh, that beep button actually. Uh, Jordan. Let's have that ready, ready to go. Uh, go ahead and uh, again, thanks for everybody for tuning in. You're watching us on Facebook. Um, you know, like and share the show. That would be great. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, smash. Uh, don't damage your computer. Like, don't aggressively overdo it. But you know, you know get into it and smash. Mean it. You know, smash it like you mean it. Um, and then uh, smash I, it like bro, can, uh, get, can, I, can we get a shirt that. that says smash it like you mean it <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got sound bites for days baby I have a feeling we're going to get a few more before the evening is out uh, for all of you listening on podcast we tend to ignore you guys and I, I really do apologize it is all Randy's Dang. fault I try to say this every show and Randy's like no just ignore those people they suck so <laughs> I, I just want to make sure that you guys know that we don't think you suck Please give us a five star review. That was a terrible way. To ask you <laughs> I blame I blame uh, Randy. Uh, we're going to be blaming Randy a lot tonight. Uh, boys, are you uh, are you ready for this uh, back in the dugout? Jordan, are you limbered up? Are you ready to press all of the quiet buttons and turn uh, Randy's microphone off when needed and all that? Jordan, Jordan. I am ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jordan, that look was at, amazing. Look at Robbie's shirt. It's so orange that it actually looks like it's some sort of like video effect. Um, Jeez. <laughs> How so orange amazing. is it? I'm going to have to change the green screen from orange. to orange, and then we'll just, Robbie will just be gone. Yeah, and just be in, invisible. Right <laughs> I like that. A floating, head. a floating head. We got, we got a full cool. studio audience for Flavor Odyssey tonight. Jordan, let's go over to the studio. Look at that. We've got Scotty Braband, Trinity Cigar Lounge, greatest mobile lounge in the world. We've got Dominic in the house. What? Dominic! Dominic, Dominic is back in the house, and of course, Maddie is in the house. Matt, how are you doing, my friend? Boys, are you guys ready? <laughs> no. Are you guys are you guys ready for trying? None of us have tried this tonight. I'll let you guys talk about what we're gonna drink. I'm pass it over to Matt for this. One but so none of us it. have tried this. So Matt, are you excited about tonight's pairing? Yes, I am very excited. The idea of the beer sounds good to me. All right, it sounds like something that's gonna be good and tasty and juicy. I think so too. So we're ready, boys. We are ready to rock and roll here in Colorado. Nice that is. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Randy, we are kicking off segment two of season six, and we are talking about beer trends. So we're getting back to our roots. Uh, I think that's why Randy is so frigging excited. Um, yeah, Jordan, update that uh, that graphic there. Um, <clears throat> that's why Randy's so excited when we're talking about beer it. today. Uh, it's a dealer's choice on it. Yeah, for dealer's the choice on the cigar. Oh, okay. It's a cold mind, IPA paired with Dealer's Choice. Dealer's Choice. So we are all drinking cold IPAs today, and we are, are each pairing with something different. But, Randy, before we get into that, I think I'm going to send it back to the dugout because I think we've got uh, some breaking news. We've got some yeah. big news coming out of, uh, out of right, Dojo Land. We're, we're, we're on the eve of the biggest night of our lives. Two years, two years, Jordan, at least in the making. Uh, we've oh, been, yeah. tr we've been so excited to just announce and talk about this. Uh, as many of you know, uh, this it should be no surprise that the Sober Mesa Brulee is super popular in Dojo Studios, especially the Sober Mesa Brulee Blue. And so we've been able to uh, collaborate with none other than Steve Saka on a new version of this a completely new version of it it's the wagashi the sober mesa brulee wagashi it is you could call it the uh, sober mesa brulee green if you want like mint green whatever you want to call it this thing is beautiful uh steve he he said way back in the day he wanted to prove to the world that he could create a uh connecticut wrapped uh box press trunk press whatever you want to call it that uh, performs better than anything that's ever been produced before. Look at this beautiful thing. And uh, here's how this is going to work, because uh, we've been getting uh, inundated with questions about it, so we may as well talk about it real quick right now. Uh, tomorrow is a pre-order. So you can order as many boxes as you want, $30 pre-order per box. That $30 goes towards the final purchase. This is a ultra-premium uh, offering uh, and so if you uh, pre-order tomorrow $30 per box however many you want to do if you want to get 10 of them whatever then come November the cigars will be ready and uh, then you'll pay the additional amount the the cigar goes for uh, the box is 233 35 what is it 13 cigars Jordan 13 yes 13 cigars in the box uh, 17.95 per stick and then at Come November, you'll get an email from Smoke In 
or also in your account in Smokin, it'll say your box is ready. And then that's when you can finish your purchase in November and you'll get the box at that point. Um, also, you'll get a ridiculously cool golden uh, challenge coin. Look at this. It's a cigar. Dojo. What? Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust plus Smokin challenge coin. It's gold and green and beautiful. It's going to look like a gem sitting on your uh, in your collection. It'll actually look just like a, a a friggin' gem. It's going to be one of the most beautiful coins the that we've Chad ever done. Chad was uh, asking if there's a discount code. No, <clears throat> this no is uh, this is there's code. no discount code. This is, this is a very very uh, special expensive cigar to produce. So there's no uh, codes that will work towards this. Sorry about that, but that's just the way it goes. But here's the cool thing. Uh, starting tomorrow at noon Eastern time, you can do the pre-order. 420, Rob. guys. <laughs> hey, 420 is not just for stoners anymore, Rob. It's not just for stoners anymore. It's it's for cigar smokers as well. But here's how this works. Starting tomorrow, you can pre-order this for the, your 30 bucks uh, per box. And the pre-order will run from tomorrow until May 5th. Once May 5th rolls around, it cuts off, and then that's it, boys. So if you haven't done it uh between tomorrow and May 5th, you're going to be super sad come November because you won't have the sober Mesa Wagashi. Don't be one of those guys that contacts us like a week later and is like, I didn't know anything about There's 15 days. you got yeah. 15 days to do this. You have 15 days to pull this off, boys. I know for a fact I'm going to be um, – I'm going to be ordering me plenty of these bad boys. Yeah, you people say to yourself, "Oh, well, you don't just—they don't just deliver a truck full to Dojo Studios." <laughs> no, they don't just de- deliver a truck full to Dojo Studios. I'm going to be pre-ordering myself some. I know Jordan is. I know uh, Scotty is. I know Matt is. We're all ready to go for tomorrow. So, if you have questions though, and you're not sure how all this goes, just feel free to get on DojoVerse.com and. Um, PM me a message. I'll answer any questions that you might have about how this goes. If you have any questions whatsoever, I'd be glad to answer those questions. Or if you have questions about the cigar itself, uh, this is truly a a bucket list sort of thing for uh, Cigar Dojo because getting to work with Steve Saka on a project like this is no small task, and it has literally taken us years to make this happen. So we couldn't be more excited about it. Um, and so that all starts tomorrow. But as far as tonight goes, boys, let's get into this Flavor Odyssey pairing. We are ready to rock and roll. Beautiful. Thank you for the details on that. Phenomenal. That's, uh, that's uh, Randy. We get a couple of boxes of that as part of our uh, as part of our contract, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, we negotiated yes. that in, or did they all just yeah, get sent to you? And I never get them. I don't. Is that, is that how it I works? don't know what you're talking about? <laughs> and I think there is. I think they do actually deliver a truck full of cigars. But Jordan takes them before uh, before yes. you get a chance to get your hands. Well, on well, there. well. Jordan breaks me off like a quarter of the truck for you and I. Slash, you'll never you. see them. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I can't. I can't say like I, I got to jump in here and just just make a couple. Uh, 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 notes on this so uh eric this will be the second highest priced uh collab that doge's ever done after the davidoff right that's correct uh davidoff is 20 20 per stick this right. is essentially 17.95 per stick so yeah it's uh not cheap but uh it's worth oh. every penny and you're getting oh something gosh. that is um extremely uh that, that took a long time to make and it's with just the absolute most the finest tobaccos possible. No joke there. Um, I think you guys are going to absolutely freaking love this cigar. If you're a fan of the brulee just in general, 
you're going to love it. But it, especially the, the blue, because that's like a, a higher end version of the brulee. And this one is a tweaked blend of that. So it's even uh, upscale of it's the tweaked-er. blue. It's tweaked her. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> well, that, well, that's, that's what I was going to say. You know, I, I, first of all, congratulations on, on the collaboration and finally seeing this project through. Cause, uh, I I've been aware of, of, uh, how many? How much you guys have worked on this over, over time? And I'm such a huge fan of Steve's. You know, I, I, I actually, you know, fell in love with cigars before I ever even found Dojo. I found uh, Liga Provada Number Nine, and was kind of uh, enamored by this whole like it, um, exclusivamente para el jefe, uh, which mm. is printed on all the wow. all the Liga bands. And then finding out that el jefe was Steve Saka in his days as uh, president of Drew Estate. Uh, cigars and so the first time i ever came to dojo studios i got a chance to meet steve Saka, and man it was it was so cool i got to meet all you guys for the first time i met jack i met rob at, at that same party that night and i met steve Saka, and i was like so like blown away and so i'm so excited here we are you know it was 2018 here we are five years later and now you guys are putting uh, this project together, and and we've interviewed Steve probably half a dozen times at least between shows and 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 trade shows, uh, talking to him about uh, the Sober Mesa Brulee and how this has come out. It's one of my absolute favorite cigars. I think you guys know I always have at least a couple boxes on hand in my uh, Connecticut drawer here. So uh, super excited about this. I will. I and I love that instead of like we'll sell out in twenty minutes. There's a layaway program, which is how I'm going to treat this. <laughs> and, like, I'm, I'm just going to put a little bit of money uh, aside every month until November until I've paid yeah, off be- all my boxes. <laughs> yeah, you've got months to save up for this guy. Come well, on. I, exactly. I think, I think one of the things that the reasons that, that, that we're doing it the way we are doing it is just exactly for that reason, Randy, is that there's – Obviously, the dojo is very excited about the collaborations that we always do. And there's usually um, usually like the dojo people really drive the sale. You know, say we have 300 boxes or 500 boxes or something. And the dojo is the main driving force behind those boxes. But in this particular case, we also have um, this huge this huge mass of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust fans that also are going to want this. So we didn't want to make it to where like all of those guys um, you know, soaked up, if you want to put it that way, um, all the boxes and stuff. So uh, Abe had this idea, hey, let's just do a uh, pre-order. That way we can uh, supply as many as we can to as many folks that want it as possible. So it's still limited in the sense that once the pre-order is over, it's over. But um, you, you'll have a, a chance, two weeks or a little bit more than two weeks, you know, to order as many as you want. So if you want five boxes of these, order order up five pre-orders and then come november you can get your your five boxes and each box will get one of those really cool challenge coins um and then after that the challenge coins are done you'll never even if this product eventually um sometime down the line if it, if it were to be super popular and they decided to make it a, a national release or something you'd never get the coin again so there's only chance to get the coin and it's the only chance probably to get these cigars one so per box right one per, one per box so if you order five that, that was yeah. my next question is yeah. like are you guys gonna chip me and just give me the one coin no, or no, do no. i get all five of my coins we would <laughs> never we would never jip randy all right i mean if, if anybody were to get gypped it would be <laughs> it'd be right <laughs> 
But Randy, we ran out of coins, happen. and so we took from your five, and now you get none, and everybody else gets two. Uh, all right. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Again, congratulations. Super excited about that announcement. Uh, I know I personally will be ordering five boxes first thing tomorrow morning because uh, I want to be first in line because that's just kind of how, <laughs> how you <I> are. Roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so Robbie, if we want to get into this, I'm ready to announce my pairing with our first beer trend in segment two, Cold IPA. Uh, yeah, Randy, as much as I love listening to you make everything about yourself, let's move forward <laughs> and talk about the pairings that were... Uh, were <laughs> I had that joke locked and loaded and then Eric had to chime in and like I lost the momentum because really you were just this is oh you guys are doing the cigar but I did this and I did that and I did this and it was it would have been perfect uh, but then it felt like it was too good to not go and now I'm explaining my joke and I realize that's so let's just move forward uh, so we are kicking this off Randy we're going to be talking about beer trends so we're like I said we're getting back to our roots a little bit talking about beer for all of you OGs you know that's how the show started uh, if you missed out on season one, um, I probably cringe a little bit to have you go back and watch some of those episodes. Uh, it was fun when Randy and I got to do the show from the same uh, from the same room when we were actually sitting next to each other. That was, uh, I think, that was some good content. I don't know if it turned into good shows. Uh, I think our shows have gotten better, but the content was really good. The information was really good. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Randy, your delivery has gone. I, I went back and just for uh, for S and Gs, and I watched. Uh, an old uh, a beer episode. I can't remember which one it was, but man, you have come a long way from uh, from that first season. I just remember how nervous you were. I was just saying, I was terrified before. every time yeah, we sat yeah. down in front of the camera. Yeah. yeah, and these weren't even live. Like these, we were recording these. Anyway, uh, we can move forward. So we're going to be talking about beer trends, and that's like with trends, Randy. It's not necessarily. Um, you know, the, the newest, hottest thing. It's sometimes a trend, especially in beer, can be going, and same with cigars, really, can be going back to an older style. It's mm, a great yeah. point. That's a great call out. Um, uh, before we get too much into the beer style that we're focusing on tonight, why don't we go around the horn and uh, announce our actual pairings. Um, so for myself, I am smoking the Illusioni Epernay. Uh, I thought this would be apropos, <laughs> and and you will uh, understand uh, once we get into the explanations uh, of the beer style why I believe that. I am going to be drinking a cold IPA from my good friends at Faction nice. Brewing here locally, Stratus Beer, um, and so we'll talk a little bit about that and and the style in general. But I'm pairing with Epernay, Stratus Beer. Right. What a clever name! What a clever mm-hmm. name! Yeah, so clever. <laughs> I'm going with the uh, Brew Free or Die Cold IPA. I don't know why this camera doesn't focus. Pay all this extra money for these freaking cameras, Eric, and they just don't <laughs> do what they're supposed to do. This is really, really disappointing. I, uh, I love that you blame Eric. <laughs> oh, I, I do. I, I blame Eric for everything. Anyway, this is uh, from our good friends at 21st Amendment Brewing in San Leandro, California, and I am pairing it tonight, Randy, with Ooh, a cigar nice. from Hoya de Nicaragua, the Doscientos. Um, this is the Toro size, which I believe is the only size it was created in. Um, so I wanted to switch up uh, what we've done. I went back and looked at what we did. We haven't done a lot of IPAs on the show, but I think we all kind of tend to 
we tended to go on the lighter side, and I wanted to go with something a little bit darker, although I did kind of hedge my bets because of the style, uh, but we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, boys, I know that you had never had a cold IPA, never heard of a cold IPA. You've had a cold and an IPA, but never at the same time. Yeah, so uh, when Robbie, or when, I'm sorry, when Randy did the um, the live yesterday, or mon on Monday, I guess, um, he was bringing it up. That was literally the first time I had heard, I never heard of, it. of this style, and I, 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 I was like, oh, man, this, this sounds amazing. Uh, it sounds like something right up my alley. I love IPAs, and so um, I am going with, uh, this is a local, uh, it's Casey Brewing Company. It's there. It's just called Cold IPA. There we go. See, that's how you do it, Rob. That's how you do it. Um, I, I, I need, and, I need um, training. So I'll, I'll talk more about the beer later, but I'm, I'm going to be pairing that along with – I did a similar um, take that Randy did. I'm going with the War Witch um, from Black Star Line, which is going to be a similar uh, profile to the Epernay. I believe it's going to have some some similarities there. So that's what I'm doing. Jordan, what are you going with? I went with uh, New Terrain. Uh, is New Terrain Numb, uh, another local brewery, dry hopped, cold IPA. They describe it as crisp, tropical, and citrus, 6.7% ABVs. Uh, and I'm pairing this guy with uh, HVC Selection number one mm. natural, which is the... Uh, is the natural version of we gave the Maduro version the number five cigar of the year 2022 just last year uh, with the natural it's still rolled out of uh, Rainier's uh, own factory in Nicaragua same kind of binder filler but uh, with a Havana 92 wrapper instead of the Mexican San Andres beautiful beautiful really curious I think we've <clears throat> you guys all kind of went the same route I think as far yeah. as uh, flavor flavor profile of cigars I, I went in a slightly so. different direction. Not not as not as different as I first anticipated. One of the cigars I really was thinking about smoking uh, was the Ninjaragua, but I couldn't find one uh, in my humidor. I wanted to go well, with that something seems kind too of dark. Yeah, oh. and then I started to he think was, about he the was style. Trying to zag. Yeah. Well, I, okay. I, yeah. I mean, I'm I am I think I am zagging. Uh, yeah, a, a little, little bit. bit at least. That would have been even uh, a bigger. But zag. I wanted to go with yeah. I wanted to go with something a little chocolate forward. Uh, but then the more uh, I started to uh, look into this style and this this beer in particular that I'm drinking today, uh, I was expecting it to be a little bit lighter on the palate. So I didn't want to just crush the beer. Normally, we're worried about the beverage uh, overrunning the cigar. But in this case, uh, I think uh, I was thinking on the opposite end of the spectrum. Anyway, Randy, a cold IPA. I mean, I like all my IPAs cold. Right. So what is the what's the what's the deal with the cold IPA? What, Explain what's that to the me. Thing? What's the deal with that? Uh, so cold <laughs> IPA, uh, we're, we're going to we're going to start with a little bit of a primer already. We're, we're, we're getting along in the show, so I'll, I'll try and keep this uh, brief. You guys know me. I'm, I'm really excited about getting back to a beer segment. And this is uh, the newest uh, growing trend within uh, craft beer styles. And I saw Bill Powers. Uh, commented earlier that it was uh, tough for, to find, um, and, and it's exciting for me to say that like that we're getting ahead of this a little bit. That the guys in Colorado, I mean, usually Jordan's hearing about stuff and and hit me up about it, and so I'm I'm excited that we're early enough on this because you guys are going to see a lot of cold IPAs coming into the market over the next six and twelve months, um, as as it is the newest hottest thing. So we've talked before on the show about how IPA is the most dominant craft beer style uh, sold in America. So much so, uh, 
I would say that we've that there's an a correction is coming. Uh, I, I I will say that you know back when we all started drinking uh, full flavored beers, we'll just leave it at that. You know, uh, export or import beers were a big part of that. English beers, German beers were a big part of those of us that kind of got in to full flavored beers before the craft movement really got going uh, ten to fifteen years ago, and so. Uh, we, you know, we used to have brown ales and, uh, and dunkles and all these fabulous beers. And what we've seen is IPAs have completely taken over the market so much so that when you go into a store, 70% of the shelf space in a lot of cases in independent, uh, retailers are going to be dominated by some form of an IPA. And so within that, um, innovation continues to happen as people want to stay kind of on that theme of hop flavor hop uh aroma and, and and every year we see five to ten new hops coming out that are that are driving different flavor compounds so everyone's still really excited about hops so everyone wants to innovate within that kind of framework but find other avenues to to go for ipa so we've seen black ipas belgian ipas more recently we've seen brute ipas come and go uh, India Pale Lagers, which is a, a style that, that is important to mention when talking about the cold IPA, uh, because anybody, you know, homebrewers out there, I know that there's a lot of you guys that uh, are, are into some of these kind of more niche um, uh, styles and, and are aware of the IPL or the Indian Pale Lager that came out a few years back where where they literally just tried to take an IPA recipe and use lager yeast for it and call it an India pale lager rather than uh, India pale ale. Um, we're not going to dive into all the differences between ales and lagers today, but it is relevant as we, as we get into Can uh, we this talk newest about style. Top fermenting and bottom fermenting yeast. Th- there's, right? no, there, there's no such thing as top and bottom fermenting yeast. I don't care top where you read it. I don't care who, bottom, who told you they're wrong. Send them my way. I'll, I'll <laughs> school them up. All right. So um, all that being said, cold IPA uh, started in 2018 in Portland, Oregon. Um, a brewery that Robbie actually was at here recently, Wayfinder Brewing, is credited for pioneering this style. And and so, and I talk a little bit about the industry and the market um, because this is one of those styles that, you know, I, I love the term, Robbie, because I find it so much in real life that uh, necessity is the mother of uh, innovation. Um, that, you know, as people need to learn how to do things differently, it creates more avenues of thinking differently about things. And so uh, so to have a successful brewery in America today, you almost have to have an IPA or, or, or multiple IPAs in your portfolio. And we've talked about it on the show. You know, uh, Jordan and I are big fans of uh, the brewery out of California that started as an all sour and barrel aging house that all they made was sour ales and uh, imperial stouts. And eventually they had to start making clean beers that didn't have um, these other flavor contributors because the demand for IPA is just so high that if you don't have an IPA, you're going to miss the mark on, on a lot of your consumers' demand. And so, uh, so Wayfinder, uh, Kevin Davey, the, the head brewmaster there, is is hands down one of the greatest lager brewers in the country uh he, he makes phenomenal pilsners and dunkels and he he really like holds himself to a high standard he studies german um 
styles, which is kind of where that logger um, kind of segment comes from originally. And that's really what he wants to focus on. He's a great logger brewer, but he's running a business up there and he's got to brew something that it, that the consumers want. And so he was challenged by I'm sure his own brewing team himself uh, that he had to come up with an IPA. And so he started trying to tweak his own kind of variation of what he would like to see an IPA be. Um, now I have to kind of jump back to West Coast IPA and talk a little bit about that because he really talks about cold IPA being the next evolution of West Coast IPA. And we've talked about uh, a, a beer that a lot of people know here really well uh, called Pliny the Elder. It is uh, one of the most famous beers on the planet and what is credited a lot of times inaccurately, but credited for the most part as the first Imperial IPA or double IPA. One of the things about Pliny at 8% alcohol, it's pale, pale yellow. It has a very, very clean finish on the palate. And when you get to 8% alcohol, you usually have to add a lot more barley and grains to, to drive that sugar content to get your ABV up. Um, but by adding more grains, you get darker and darker and maltier in flavor and maltier in flavor. And so to, to combat that, Russian River, who really kind of defined West Coast IPAs originally, started adding corn sugar as a way to amplify the sugar and the ABV without amplifying the the maltiness of the beer to really allow uh, a showcase and a stage for the hops to really resonate and be the, the main star of the show. You know, back when we started drinking IPAs, Robbie, they talked about having it be balanced and having it have a malt backbone because the, the bitterness was so strong that people felt like you had to offset that with some sweetness. Well, Russian river, said, screw that. We're going to make a really dry, pale beer, no crystal malts, and, and, and make this thing as dry and sharp and crisp as we can to allow the aromatics and the flavor of the hops to be the, the, the principal characteristic. And as I said, you know, new hops are coming out all the time. This beer is called Stratus Beer, um, and, and it features one of my favorite new hops, uh, the, the Strata Hop. Yeah, uh, which is a part, part of where that name comes from. So cold IPAs are, are primarily going to feature those new world hops that are going to be more dank, more citrusy, more fruit forward uh, than, uh, than their, their predecessors. So the way that this uh, style differentiates from a, an India pale lager, again, India pale lager is just take your regular IPA recipe and use lager yeast and it's going to make, dry it out a little bit more it's going to make it a little bit cleaner but you still had this complexity of malt that uh that kevin davy at wayfinder said you know we, we could do something here and then and then you look at brute ipa i just wanted to mention brute ipa because a couple of years ago there's a very short lived window where brute ipa was kind of coming on the scene what they were doing was they were brewing a regular uh recipe ipa and then adding an enzyme in it that would continue to dry the beer out break down some of those sugars and allow them to ferment to to get to like a champagne dryness hence the term brute ipa again the goal originally was to uh elevate the hops and allow them to take center stage and be the the primary flavor contributor um but the reality is it ate away at the body. It left the beer kind of feeling flat on the palate and didn't really support the hops in the way that that 
we're accustomed to drinking IPAs. And so that, that was a fad. That wasn't a trend. I would say that was a fad. It was very short lived. It was maybe like four to six months that all the breweries were like, Oh, we'll throw our hat at the ring and try and make a, a brewed IPA. So with, with cold IPAs, <laughs> In your uh, face, well, boots. <laughs> what, Kate, what Kevin Davey at Wayfinder did, and, and many great breweries have followed suit and, and are, are now making uh, amazing ones. You guys are going to be able to find these. If you didn't find one in your local area, they'll be available soon. I promise every brewery uh, is, is, is working on developing and releasing theirs very quickly um, as, as the style continues to skyrocket. Um, so what he actually did was use some of those lager techniques that he's so used to using in his brewery is he focuses on lagers primarily. And he started doing some of the same things, using corn, using rice to dry out the, um, the beer, but then using a lager yeast at a little bit higher temperature. And so we've talked before, the differences between a lager and an ale, just to keep it real, real high level and simple, is that uh, a lager is sharper, crisp more of a crisp characteristic uh, versus the ales richer and more uh, floral and ester driven uh, fruit aromatics um, that make for great IPAs. But he really found the right way to develop the, this recipe. So it's a lager yeast at a little bit higher temperature. So it's going to burn through those uh, simpler sugars with the rice and the corn additions, no crystal malts at all primarily using either just two row or even Pilsner malt. Um, and then using a dry hopping, which is very, you know, uh, unique to IPAs in general. And so what, what you end up with is a very, very pale yellow, crisp finish and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and bright, beer but unlike the brewed ipas it still has a little bit of that malt base to give you some body and texture on the palate to support that hop characteristic but drive that hop aromatic and flavor way way up you know so it's it's almost kind of taking some of the things that we love from hazy ipa some of the things we love from uh from west coast ipas drying them out giving them a little bit of a lager uh kind of finish and, and really is, is kind of that next evolution of West Coast IPA. So very, very dry, very, very uh, aromatic, and very, very hop flavor uh, driven in, in general. So um, that's that's the basic primer on cold IPAs. Whoa. Yeah, I think Joe, th- thank you, Randy. That's, that's uh, crazy. I, I know I, you did a good job of ignoring some of the comments. I like it when you go on. Oh, yeah. I mean, you didn't really go that that much on a rant with this one. You I mean, you're really just talking about the style. Uh, it is interesting. I did uh, end up randomly at uh, Wayfinder uh, Brewery, or I don't know if it's their brewery or if it's just one of their uh, locations, maybe a satellite location, um, in Portland uh, when I was up there in February. Um, <clears throat> I had a, a night to myself, and so I just looked on the interwebs and said, beer near me, and Wayfinder was right down the street, so I went. And I scored, man. Like, their beer is phenomenal. And it's yeah. so funny because I think I texted you guys. I texted our uh, our dojo group and, like, said, hey, yeah, no matter where I go, I'm here for a spirits trade show. But, hey, I found the beer. And, Randy, you started flipping out because you're like, oh, yeah, that guy invented cold IPA. And I was like, well, I thought you invented it. But um, – I, uh, I I looked at the I looked at the menu and they had a cold IPA on there, but it was the last thing that I wanted to try because there were so many good lagers, so many German styles, and you know me like that's I'm 
that's I'm 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 a pig in uh, in well I won't finish the statement but you guys know what I mean. Uh, I was very excited. Um, Taking a blanket. Uh, well, I was gonna say pig, <laughs> pig in a blanket. Yeah, that too. Just kind of kind of chubby and comfortable. Yeah, that was me. That was my comfort zone. I like that. Uh, it's not really where I was going, but. Um, uh, so when Randy told me that, I did get the cold IPA, and they got this big uh, like uh, glass that they serve in. It's kind of similar to the shape of this, which is like just kind of a skinny Pilsner glass, but it was much taller. It was it's almost kind of a ceremony when somebody orders one of those, uh, and for obvious reason, I mean they kind of invented the style. Um, and Joe Machado, I think he said, that I, I'm pleasantly surprised at how refreshing these are. Uh, these two cold IPAs that I've had are, and to me. A cold IPA delivers what I've always wanted a session IPA to deliver. Mm. I want it to feel lighter on the palate. I want it to feel lighter on the gut. Like I don't feel like I'm getting full, uh, but I still want it to deliver that hop flavor. So it's it's a it's like a, just a lighter style of beer. The hop flavors are almost amplified because the beer itself is a little bit lighter. Um, exactly. But you're still getting that six percent, six point five percent ABV. Um, if this came out at, at like 4% ABV, dude, I'd be crushing these all day long because uh, I, I just like that lower ABV in the beer. But, uh, I mean, I dig this style. This one from uh, for, that I said that I got from our good friends at, uh, at uh, 21st Amendment. I didn't realize this until I got home. But this is a good lesson for all of you uh, beer uh, drinkers out there. When you go to uh, your local, especially if you're going to a bigger place. I went to BevMo. And I was looking and I saw this and I said, oh, I'll get this. I bet Randy's going to, you know, he'll at least know something about this. He used to work for these guys. And so I grabbed it. I get home and it came in a, a six pack, but in a box. Right. And I normally the first thing I do when I pick up an IPA is I look at the bottom of the can. But this was in a box. so I didn't really think about it. And I get home and I put it in my fridge and I happen to see this the timestamp on it. This was canned in October, bro. <laughs> oh, October. you're not supposed to tell anybody that. No, and, no, I didn't think but, you were really going to go there. That's, oh, what that's the hell? I'm going for it. That's a, that's a dang uh, well, shame, man. You get, you get, a, you get a, big, a big box. They're not a big box store, but like BevMo is a big place. So I can understand yeah. how it can, it can get yeah. lost. Um, but I, the, I think the reason that I bring it up is this is still pretty damn good. Mm, nice. All things nice. considered, it doesn't taste yeah. oxidized. I mean, I, I know that flavor. I would pick that out. Uh, I mean, the hops are a little bit muted, which you would expect with something that old. But sure. I'm still digging the flavor. I thought I was going to drink one of these and pour the rest of them out. Uh, that's not the case, Randy. I'm going to crack another one here um, when you, uh, you know, when you take over the mic again. But uh, so you know, far, so good. When you mentioned me taking over the mic, it actually reminds me of something. Randy! That's right, Dojo! Flavor Odyssey is taking you back to our roots, our origins. Hell, we're old school and taking it back to some of the best pairings we're excited about today with all new school trends in our newest segment, Beer Trends. Now, whether we're sipping on high-octane barrel-proof spirits, meat, shotgunning Montucky cold snacks, sipping tea, or mixing up some mocktails, you know that we will be pairing with world-class cigars from our friends at Smoke In. Smoke In consistently strives to offer cigar enthusiasts the best possible buying experience. 
This includes industry-leading customer service, fast and affordable shipping, consistently affordable pricing, and access to the most sought-after cigars on the market. Smokin's knowledgeable staff is ready and waiting to aid you in your quest of finding the perfect cigar. So check out any one of their 11 brick-and-mortar locations or find them at Smokin.com. But the truth is, cigars and beverages aside, we would not be able to be here with you each week if it wasn't for the incomparable support of our show sponsor, Drew Estate Cigars. Drew Estate, the brand that brings you some of the most delicious tasting cigars in all the world and has a portfolio that covers the full spectrum of flavor, so much so that they have a cigar for every smoker and every occasion. Please support everything Drew Estate does by following them on all social media platforms at Drew Estate and ask for them at a brick and mortar near you. Well done. Bang. That was Bang. Well switched it up. Switched it. it up. I like it. I, I, I finally get I've been seeing a lot of comments about uh, Back to the Future. And like I saw a comment about a DeLorean. I'm like, what the hell bro, are these guys talking about? Like, what bro, I'm so proud of the audience. When I put this on, my, my my wife gave me this this vest today. It's a Volcom, and I was like, oh hell yeah, I'm rocking that. I changed my hat. I changed my shirt just to match the the, the vest. I went no glasses. I feel a little bit Milton today. I've been wearing glasses so long now that like I got like the little tiny eyes. But uh, but but I, I I'm, I'm super digging and. Again, we're kicking it old school. We're 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 taking it back to to our origins. So I felt like this was a very fitting for outfit for the uh, show tonight. Randy, Robbie, <laughs> uh, speaking of our 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 brilliant audience, uh, if you yes. guys are on Facebook or on YouTube and you have a pairing that you would like to share tonight on the show. Uh, please post it in the comments. Use hashtag pairing. Uh, describe a little bit about what you're tasting. If you like it, if you don't. Remember, it doesn't matter if you like it or not. Just uh, give us a good description. And uh, at the end of the show, we'll pick out a uh, an audience member that did an especially good job in either A, pairing it, or B, describing maybe even why they didn't like it and why the, the pairing didn't work for them. And... Um, uh, Randy, that leads us into uh, you announced this on Monday, but uh, we had some winners uh, for the first segment, and uh, maybe you can uh, rewind that a tad. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Uh, very exciting. Again, to, to Eric's point, we're, we're suckers for a great description. Uh, please share if you guys were able to find a cold IPA. Please go ahead and post uh, what you're pairing with. Um, you know, we, we, we really decided. You know the, the audience pairings has kind of been an organic uh, uh, segment that's grown as as people started uh, sending in what they were pairing with, and uh, we got pretty excited about you know what the audience was doing, and we wanted to uh, we wanted to kind of shed some light on that and give a platform for you guys to share what you're up to, and so for segment one, uh, obviously we we focused on the cigar dojo cigar of the year sampler pack from Smoke In, and we smoked through those five cigars, and each one of the weeks that we focused on those cigars, we chose a winner. Of those five winners, we went ahead plugged those into random.org. Um, I plugged them in in no specific order. Actually, 
the order that they won in is the order I plugged them in, hit randomizer, and we ended up with three winners. Uh, those three winners, again, are none other than Hall of Famer Bill Powers, Randy Harrison, and Craig Lee. All won. Uh, they all won a uh, smoking cigar, Georgia Cigar of the Year 2022 sampler pack. If you guys have been on Smokey and recently, and I hope you have, uh, you might have noticed that they've been out of stock of these samplers for a little while. But it's good to have friends in really, really high places. So our good friend Alex Tavella has assured me, I placed the order today. He assured me that he does indeed have the cigars to put together those three five packs and they will ship tomorrow directly from smoking so bill randy and craig you guys can expect to see your sampler pack showing up very soon as they're one of the fastest fulfillment houses in the industry today uh so again congratulations you guys thank you so much for taking part and uh we hope you enjoy the cigars Beautiful. Randy, Beautiful. Uh, Robbie, uh, you guys, just getting back to this pairing, just, I just want to comment real quick. Randy mentioned earlier a lot about the cold IPA, and he did a great job describing that. Um, look how clear this beer it's is. Clean. It's clean and clear, but yet it has the body and, yes. the, and the sort of the mouthfeel <laughs> that, that I want out of an IPA. This is this is a really really good style of beer. Like it's like um I mean it's definitely not hazy-ish cuz it's not hazy but it doesn't it doesn't have that that sort of like I don't know yeasty kind of ha which I love hazies. I'm a big hazy guy. But th this to me it almost takes like the West Coast IPA style and like elevates it. Like I think this is a great cigar pairing. This beer is especially like come summertime you guys when it's like 85 90 degrees like i can see myself uh with this beer pairing and a cigar sitting out in the backyard being refreshed and loving it like i love i'm like i said i'm smoking the Warwitch, and i'll just i'll just jump out here right now and, and describe where i'm at right now this is a great pairing the Warwitch has some nice sweetness but the beers randy robbie the beer has some sweetness too it's got that thick almost like a you might think of a little bit like a, a double or a imperial IPA kind of flavor to it, even though it's so clean and crisp. Like it has kind of like all of those um, aspects combined into a beer that's super easy to drink. Like I love this. This is a great pairing. Jordan, what do you think of yours so far? Uh, super interesting. Crisp, clean, easy to drink, uh, very aromatic. Um uh, I'm really digging the beer. I don't know that it's so much a good pairing with a cigar, uh, still has that same kind of ultra, not ultra, but piney uh, West Coast style to it that is not easy to pair with a cigar. Uh, but I could definitely see myself crushing a few of these bad boys during the the hot summer months for sure. Yeah, I, I think I think you both um, hit on some some uh, good points there. That if if I could just real quick, Rob, uh, jump in and say that uh, you know the the. Um, the kind of drawback to make you think of, of hazy at all would really be again those new world hops. Uh, so you're getting some, uh, you know, you're getting the varietals that are driving that um, tropical fruit characteristic in yeah. a lot of cases, um, and, and and so 
you know, instead of just citrus and pine, which, you know, West Coast IPAs are so quintessentially known for, well, hazies are known for bringing that mango and papaya and passion fruit to the to the party along with some of the citrus and kind of danky uh notes but on a platform and, and and it's funny the way the way you described it it uh eric is is kind of interesting because there's still a lot of malt here you're still at the same abv that you're going to expect from uh from a west coast and interestingly to to jordan's point about how these can still be a little bit of of a obstacle as far as um as far as your pairing is, it's also going to be at that bitterness, that IBV, uh, right. IBU level of a West Coast IPA, where the juices have a very, very low IBU and then tons of just aromatics. And so it's a little bit easier, as we've talked about, like bitterness is probably one of the most difficult tastes to uh, to pair along with a cigar. But, uh, but using that Pilsner malt... Um, while it's thought of as being uh, more subdued in flavor, it's very, very bready. It does have its own subtle richness that uh, that two row doesn't have. That two row is what you would normally use in a in a West Coast IPA. So bringing that like German Pilsner malt to the party, you know, gives you that nice bready, that toasted kind of like bread crust note to it, which which I think um, for me and and I'll and I'll use this all as a segue into my cigar pairing. Um, is that I, I'm very much getting this like bread crust note from the from the beer that is finding a great flavor hook with the cigar. I think the uh, the intensity is right on par. Uh, you know, Epernay I, th- I I feel like is often thought of as a lighter cigar than it really is. Like when I pulled this out uh, uh, of the cellar tonight, and I was telling you guys like I just got cinnamon uh, graham cracker from the cigar. I'm finding some some nice uh, resonance and, and, uh, with the beer and the malt characteristic, and but nothing in the cigar is getting run over by the hop flavor, and and the f- hop flavor is still getting to like be a prominent part of my experience while not conflicting with the cigar flavor. So so far this is working out quite well for me as well. Now, Robbie, uh, can I ask you a question that will lead? You can you can uh, describe your pairing a little bit like we all just did, but I want to ask you this question as a lead-in, Robbie, and, and you just tell me what you think. Go Do you it. see this, Robbie, as a, a beer trend that has some legs that could continue at all, or will this just get kind of absorbed into like the whole West Coast IPA thing eventually? How do you see this, Robbie, this type of beer – moving forward is it got legs or is it more like the brute ipa that that randy talked about earlier that was just a four month you know flash in the pan (laughs) it was just a a sojourn it wasn't really a a whole a a whole chapter of its own um i liked brute ipas i I might be the only guy who did i I had a handful of them uh, locally that you are that were really really tasty (laughs) no i I might be and i was disappointed Uh, i never i never liked um uh black ipas that wasn't really my bag um they were just too um but uh i to to answer your question i i this this has the earmarks of a style that can stick around as far as i'm concerned i think there's an audience for it i think uh the one thing that might hold it back uh is the name like calling it a cold ipa uh i've I don't I know. Think I that, think that might be an advantage. Is, I don't know. I, Robbie might be right about that. He, I don't know. I think I, I, oh, sorry, I think we saw. On, but. 
Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, Jordan. I, I saw a bunch of people, and I, and I had the same the same thing when I was looking up, like, okay, so what are some of the breweries near me that have uh, cold IPAs? Now, one thing I will say, if you live near a place, or if you live in a place that you have some breweries around you, chances are they're all making a cold IPA, but they probably just have it on tap. They may not have uh, packaged it yet. Uh, it's still that that new of a style. Uh, you're not going to see too many big uh, brands with a cold IPA quite yet because those the bigger uh, machines, Randy, as we all know, they, they corner like the Titanic, man. It takes them two or three years to catch up on a trend. Um, True story. So, like, uh, was a hazy little thing came out like four years after hazies became a thing? Um, anyway, uh, they take a while to get there. But the issue is, and somebody said, hey, I, I called my local... Uh, my, my local liquor store and said, hey, do you have any uh, cold IPAs? He's like, yeah, all the IPAs we sell are cold. <laughs> right. So I, I just, I wonder, I wonder, I don't remember who said that, but whoever said that, I appreciate it. Uh, and I noticed the same thing where it was like, I looked up cold IPA and I'm getting like serving temperatures and, and things like that. So I could see that being um, something that holds it back. Uh, I've had several cold IPAs uh, up until now. I really enjoy the style for all the reasons that you guys have pointed out. It's to me, I, I haven't really had one, Eric, that's similar to what you're talking about, where it has that that heavier feel to it. Uh, and the you said that sweetness, excuse me, that uh, you're going to get from like a double or a triple. Uh, to me, what really attracts me to these is they they're they're almost basic in the malts that they're offering. Like Randy said, I think the one that I'm drinking here is just two row. Um, that's the only uh, malt that they're using. So it's not going to be overly malty. You're going to get that straw hay color. This one, I mean, it's, ooh, look at my face through the glass. It looks weird, right? Um, I get distracted so easily. But uh, yeah, for me, I hope this is a style that sticks around because it delivers a lot of things that I like about IPAs. Um, I like that West Coast style. I'm getting that bitterness. Uh, I mean, this one that I'm drinking, Randy, uses, it's, it's not used, it's dry hopping. Uh, but it's dry hopping with Chinook, Centennial, and Mosaic, which are kind of classic West Coast. Uh, I mean, Chinook and Centennial anyway. Mosaic is, I guess, relatively new. Um, but those are, it's their fruit forward hops, but they also have that uh, that pine and resiny kind of uh, flavor to them as well. So what I think the one that I'm drinking specifically is more classic West Coast style. But yeah. it's definitely a bit more fruit forward. Uh, then you're going to get uh, from just a, a, sh a straight up West Coast beer because, I mean, there is a lot of uh, dry hopping happening here. So we're, we're not really breaking down those breaking down those uh, those. Uh, what are they? What is it? The, the the alpha acids, Randy? Is that what I'm trying mm -hmm. to think mm -hmm. of that, that yep, break yep. down when you put them in the boil? Uh, one thing I do like about your your folks at uh, at two one a they say the kettle hops. So these ones are going into the boil uh, that are just basically being used for bitterness for more or less. And then the dry hops are using for flavoring, which I think is a nice way to lay it all that out. With all that yep. said, uh, long-winded answer. I hope that this is a style that sticks around because I like it. It's refreshing, it's hop forward, and it's not filling. Um, I that's I think that's the most important thing for me is it's just not that filling. Uh, it's almost like I feel like I'm drinking maybe the best pale ale that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's in that same kind of vein. It's not as because sometimes IPAs, it could just get too heavy. And this to me is just, it's, uh, it's just feels more crushable, even though you're still sitting at 6%, 6.5%. So maybe it could get a little bit dangerous. Um, as far as my pairing, though, I went a little bit on the chocolatier side. Uh, I wanted to uh, mix some of that chocolate and citrus vibe 
uh, it's working out pretty well. Uh, the intensity, uh, which is why one of the reasons why I dialed back my cigars when I saw how old this beer was, um, I figured if I went with anything too heavy, I'm just going to blow it out of the water. But with this, uh, <clears throat> this uh, uh, Dos Santos, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Dos, Dos Santos. Dos. From, uh, from Hoya. It's, uh, what, are we, what are we rocking on this thing, Randy? We've got Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Mexican binder, uh, fillers from Nicaragua, Honduras, and the Dominican. Um, they say it's medium to full. Uh, this is more of a medium-bodied cigar to me. Uh, they reference some dried fruit notes, which I do get from this, uh, some chocolate and some pepper. Uh, they reference coffee and like a little bit of a salty character, which I don't really get from this. So that was really what I wanted out of the cigar was a little bit of, a little bit of a fruity note. Um, uh, some uh, pepper and some chocolate to go with the fruit characteristics of uh, of this particular beer. The only thing I think that is drawing back on the pairing is that it is more um, danky than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of that pine aspect that's in there. It's not overpowering, and maybe it's just because the beer is really old, but I don't know why I keep saying that. But um, no, I know why I keep saying it. But um, the pairing is going pretty well. It's, I think I would probably give it a thumbs up. I don't know if we're at that part of the show yet. I guess we are. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up, but it's not like overly enthusiastic. I'm getting what I wanted, um, but I think I would want to dial back a little bit on the, um, the West Coast vibe, the piney vibe mm-hmm. of this particular mm-hmm. beer. But digging the fruit, digging the chocolate, and that pepper, it's just kind of a nice... Um, a, a nice combo fruit and chocolate, especially citrus and chocolate doesn't get nearly the credit it deserves uh, as a pairing. Uh, we always go back to whatever that orange chocolate ball is. That you break into little slices of oranges. I can't remember what it's called, uh, but C's candy, Randy, I don't know you're familiar with the C's candy out here in the Bay area. They do these uh, candy sticks. They're like little candy sticks and they dip them in chocolate and there's a cinnamon one. And that's where they started. was the cinnamon and the chocolate and that's delicious. And then they did like lemon and lime and orange. And you're thinking like, why would I want lime and chocolate? But it just goes really well together. It's not a dark chocolate. It's just a little bit of sweetness to balance out some of that tart um, and a little bit of that bitterness from the beer. So uh, I dig it. Yeah, Uh, Randy, Randy, before you start, sorry. uh, I, I, I want you to also respond to that as you do your thumbs up or thumbs down. Is cold IPA something that you see has some legs moving forward or is this something that just sort of gets absorbed into, you know, uh, West coast or some other style? Maybe it doesn't, I, I, I'm curious, uh, you know, Robbie thought maybe he'd like to see this move on cause he likes the style. What do you, what's your prediction though? What do you imagine happening to cold IPAs? Do you think this is something that, that moves on? Yeah. So for, uh, for me, you know, I, I, part of what I do for a living, right, is is we, we try and read the tea leaves, we try and look into the crystal ball and see what the trends are so that we can pivot our portfolio and focus in, in the way we engage retailers uh, to, to carry the items that we believe that their consumers are going to be uh, streaming through their doors and, and asking for by name. We want, we want beer to, to move so you don't find seven-month-old beer on the shelf. Uh-huh. We don't want that. It's not a good thing. Uh, so, yeah, you, you know, I, I, I love that, that Rob brought up uh, Session IPAs. You know, that was another uh, moderate, trend um uh fad if if you will as um you know paleo was dying at one point as the ipa uh, category was was uh, you know really booming 
And then people thought, well, what if we try to kind of reimagine a lower ABV IPA instead of an, a pale ale that was still kind of malt forward, that didn't have the dry hop, didn't have the aroma. But uh, so we, we deliver on on the dry hop. We reduce the maltiness um, of the IPA, but then we reduce the ABV. And, w- and what we found in that in that variation was that, again, similarly to the brute, it didn't have the body to really fill the palate as you're getting this like big intense hop characteristic um and so it 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 ends up landing a little bit flabby on the palate and and so it's just not as uh, it doesn't have that unctuous satisfying uh uh, kind of uh experience as you're drinking through the beer and then move over to 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 the ipl the imperial pell lager now you've got some of the sulfur characteristics that are, are so well known for from Pilsners and those kind of conflict with the hot flavor. And so I feel like the effort to make a more crushable and an easy drinking, refreshing, satisfying version of an IPA has been something that we've been trying to do as a, as a culture and as an industry for 10 plus years at this point, you know, if you, if you harken back all the way to the beginning of, of session IPA. And I think that while those tra- those fads, um, you know, flamed out and did not work, the, the goal was legitimized. You know, people want something that they can not feel so full with. They can, drink easily and still enjoy those hop characteristics without the bitterness being over the top. And Mm -hmm. so I I actually think that this has a lot of staying power because I I feel like what cold IPA has done is exactly what those previous failed fads had attempted to do and fallen short of the mark. And so I, I think that this is doing all those things, you know, it's delivering the body. It's got the aromatics. It's got, you know, it's still a little bit higher ABV, but it's not as filling and, and doesn't make you feel bloated after, you know, knocking back two or three of them. And so so I actually do think that this it does have real staying power. And and, you know, we over the next 24 to 36 months, we're going to kind of see this um, correction in the market where IP, West Coast IPAs, hazy IPAs and cold IPAs will all settle into their uh, natural uh, homes where, you know, someone like me, I'm, I love them all. I'm going to drink all three of them. Other people are going to find that, that, you know, one of those three options kind of appeals to their desired experience a little bit better and fine tunes that IPA, uh, drinking experience to give everybody a like really happy place to land and still continue to imbibe in these new hops that are constantly coming out uh, through hybridization and, and and different growing techniques to deliver these other flavors. Thumbs up, thumbs down, I, Randall. Uh, so with that, I, I'm going to give this an enthusiastic thumbs up. Uh, you know, for me, uh, I, I, I love what Robbie said. I, I, I agree with him. I think, you know, the Chinook and Centennial might, might, draw you a little bit more to feel like is this different enough um the the beer that i'm drinking using the the strata hop uh both strawberry passion fruit grapefruit bubblegum sage and dank uh, as the flavor descriptors uh for strata as as a hop um it's on this great base that again has that like very nice toasted bread or bread crust uh type characteristic um that that's 
really lifting up the cigar and letting the cigar be what it wants to be even though the the bitterness is there i'm not finding the conflict on my palate the way i would with a little bit of a a sweeter and maltier version of, of the ipa so yeah this is, a, this is a big time thumbs up for me i'm super excited about this pairing all right jordan we got some cool audience pairings we can uh, discuss real quick you guys ready for this now uh, yeah it, it, obviously it. with that last segment uh having the five pack available from smoke in that gave us a ton of audience pairings every show this one was a little harder for the guys to get a hold of so sure. there, but there is there's a decent amount um we got uh steven moses uh, so he he's one that couldn't find one. He went with the Rogue Dead Guy IPA and Ashen Cabinet Selection, getting citrus and pine from the beer and a light cedar and spice from the cigar. Uh, not out of this world, but it's uh, not too bad. Sideways thumb. Uh, some of the guys I didn't include. The, he I included Steven because he was kind of close enough. Some of the, some of you guys just didn't even do the pairing at all. If anybody's not included, that's why. Uh, <laughs> just so you know, uh, Nathan Stewart. He's doing Alaska chilling. Uh, cold IPA with the Drew Estate 20 Acre Farm. Mm. Definitely getting bread nice. and graham cracker from the cigar and some citrus from the beer. The bitterness from the beer is uh, toning down the cigar a little, and I'm picking up caramel and cinnamon from notes from the combo, which is unexpected. Enjoying this uh, subtle, subtleties with this pairing. Nice. All right. Nice, nice. Bill Powers, he's got uh, Captain Lawrence Cryo King cold IPA with an Alec Bradley mm. double broadly. Oh, interesting. Uh, because I always want the uh, the cigar to be the star of the show. The IPA has uh, pronounced hop flavors and some interesting floral notes with a 6.8% ABV, tasting fla uh, flavors in the cigar that I haven't tasted before. A great pairing with a super refreshing beer. Double thumbs up. Mm, double. Uh, mm -hmm. Randy Harrison's doing the IPA with uh, Inspirato Green, bringing out the citrus notes and toning down the, the pepper of the cigar. Not a huge fan of IPAs. But the pairing is okay. Okay. Uh, Toan Smith, he's doing Lollibella. A lot of uh, Black, uh, Black Star Line cigars tonight. Uh, Full-bodied Mexican yeah. with a Montucket IP, Indian IPA ale. Uh, nice citrusy fruitiness at the end. Seems to balance down the fullness of the cigar, I'm assuming. That is a full-bodied cigar. That's about as full as it gets. <laughs> yeah. We got Joe Machado. Went with uh, Cas Fernandez Boheme. Number 35, a cigar I know well. Baking spices and cocoa notes. Silver Fox Cold IPA. Mm. What makes this work is the clean citrus finish. Glad I tried this. Oh, I like Joe's. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's and then great. we just got one more is Craig Lee. Uh, he's observing Warwich Wednesday with a Bell's Experimental <laughs> Cold IPA. Uh, went in hoping for uh, Mexican chili candy notes, which would be citrus, mm. mango, pineapple, and pepper. Citrus and pepper off the cigar, mm. mango and pineapple from the beer. Uh, for me, the IPA is muddling the notes of the cigar uh, with the pine needle aftertaste. Mm. Wow. Mm. I like this, All over the map I like here, this, boys. I like the second one and the last two. Yeah. Yeah, the second one and then uh, – and who was the second one again? Nathan Stewart. With, uh, he did the Lucky. cold IPA, uh, Alaskan Chillin' cold IPA with Drew mm. State 20-acre farm. That's interesting. And then the last yeah. two were Joe Machado with uh, Cus Fernandez Bahame and the Silver Fox Cold IPA, and then Craig Lee Warwich. All right, let's Jordan and me will go first, and then let's let R Robbie and Randy uh, finish it out and figure out who's the winner this week. I I sort of think Joe Machado. I just, I'm going with Joe Machado. That's my pick this week. I I liked what he did. I thought that was a pretty uh, 
smart choice with this particular beer. Um, I'm going to go Joe. What do you think, Jordan? I like that pick. I would. I was leaning towards either Joe or Craig, so I could go Joe as well. All right, boys, it's up to you. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, Randy, I'll let you be the deciding vote here, uh, I guess. Um, I'm going to pick Joe Machado as well. Oh, wow. Um, and the reason that I, I picked Joe is because I like the thought process behind his pairing. He went with a cigar because I get the idea that he doesn't pair uh, IPAs all that often, and I don't think he's he's had a cold IPA before based on his comments. But he paired it with a cigar that he knew well, and he knew what to expect from that cigar with the spice uh, that you mentioned there, and I think Cocoa Notes, I think you mentioned. Uh, so I like the idea of if you're going in a new direction with the beverage, I, I, you want to at least be super comfortable with one side of your pairing. Oh, I like, I like in, that in that way. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you're yeah. you're trying to get an idea of hey, how can I pair with this this new style of drink that I'm expecting this flavor profile? I'm going to go with a cigar that I'm really super comfortable with. So I like that uh, that uh, thought process behind his yeah. uh, behind his pairing. All right. Well, since we've already got three votes uh, for one, I I just have to say uh, Bill Powers uh, description. Phenomenal, as always, Bill. Yeah. Hats off to you. Uh, Craig Lee, also incredible description. Really appreciated uh, that you went and found uh, the right beer. Uh, I also, I'm actually a huge fan of, of the old school Casa Fernandez. The the Bohem 35 was the original Anniversario and a Lancero Vitola. Uh, big fan of that cigar. I really like your point about um finding something that you know well to to have a comfort zone to introduce something new rob so uh i'm, I'm gonna say that that this is a unanimous vote for joe machado wow unanimous joe i don't know if we've ever had a i don't full... think we've ever had unanimous before yeah, yeah. But, but i don't but, think so like, either yeah that was a really good yeah. where's my sound effects that was really good uh, by all of them really it was uh yeah, yeah it was no, it was a tougher to choice than we all made it seem like yeah. It was it was a tougher choice. So good congratulations, job, everybody. Joe Machado. Thank you, you got this week's I guess yeah, I was actually I was actually <laughs> certain that Robbie was gonna vote for uh, for Bill just because he was kind of going the the route that Rob tried to go and bring more of a chocolate and like uh, kind of more of a like contrasting uh, kind of element to it. But uh, but yeah, yeah, hats off to everybody. Congratulations, to everybody. Well done. Great nice. job. Fantastic, yeah. as always, by our audience. Guys, you guys have trained this audience so well over the last few years. Like, uh, it's It really is impressive to see how it goes. But, Jordan, now we got to figure out who did it best, Robbie or Randy. Who Ooh, paired it best? Done. So, first, done it. first uh, let's just rewind. Uh, Robbie, you had what beer with what cigar? I'm drinking the Brew Free or Die Cold IPA. Uh, from our good friends at there it is at Twenty uh, First Amendment Brewing and smoking the Dosientos from our good friends at Hoya de Nicaragua. This cigar is freaking delicious, by the way. If you oh, guys yeah. haven't smoked this one, I don't see this one getting a ton of pub yeah, out there. Yeah, kind of was uh, quiet. Although, no pub. Yeah, I, I'm not really as connected as I used to be, but uh, I I've gone through and Randy, as you'll tell everybody, I don't smoke cigars anymore. Uh, I've gone through <laughs> um, like seven of these, and I don't even know. I don't even remember where I got them. I ended up with a five pack somehow, and uh, I think Randy, you gave me one. Uh, I'm like Jordan nowadays. I don't buy cigars. I just smoke whatever anybody gives me for free. That's 
That's that's not me, necessarily baby. true. That's not really true at all. I probably bought that five pack because I really like the cigar. Um, yeah, that that was my pairing. Randy, what did you go with? Uh, so I went with uh, Faction Brewing out of Alameda, California. The Stratus Beer Cold I love IPA. That nice. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, their featuring- labels. I like the way they leave that uh, a lot of the can. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they lean into that they're using shiners there. Uh, and I'm pairing that with Illusioni's Epernay. Epernay. Uh, it's tough it's not tough to like that stick. Cigar. I mean, you can almost pair that with anything, Randall. Yeah. I, I, I'm almost surprised that since we didn't talk about cigars that I, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, one of them have got to have chosen the same cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just thought it was low-hanging fruit and decided to make it a little more difficult. Always taking shots of your seven-month-old beer pairing. <laughs> oh, shots fired. That's true. Well, the actual drum roll, please. Was... That is, I, Randy. Oh. That is the biggest margin of victory. Oh. I think I've had bigger, but that's the biggest margin of victory. <laughs> <laughs> <Robbie. laughs> perfectly said, perfectly done, Robbie. And in perfect character. Uh, hats off to everybody. Thank you so much for the votes. I hope you learned a lot about uh, cold IPAs and. Uh, whether you found one for the show or not, I hope you go out and search for one in your yeah. neck of the woods, as I guarantee they will be more and more readily available in the near future. I'm not so yeah, go, sure go out they're... If anybody knows, it would be Randall. I mean, he's so in touch with all kind of stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, it seems like he's in a position to decide that this mm. is going to be a beer yeah. that we're going to see in stores. But uh, if, uh, if you like IPAs at all, go out and, and buy some of these yeah. cold IPAs, because... Damn it, I want them to stay in the market. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to go out and buy some. Eric and Jordan, you guys go buy some. Everybody in the audience go buy some. So uh, so folks like Randy can make sure that uh, <laughs> there's, there's more of them available for us on the market. Because, I mean, every single one that I've had, mm-hmm. six months old or not, have been pretty damn delicious. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's true. It's yeah, really good. yeah I, I'm not so sure. It's I've heard the explanation from Randy. I've, I've read about this online. doesn't seem... To be too different from the IPL, I can't remember. It's way I, too late in the show to bring this up, son. <laughs> way too late in the show. We'll take your questions off air. All right, uh, boys. Yeah, yeah. What's we're, going we're on? Do, we're going to do an after-hour show about our real thoughts <laughs> yeah. about where, where the industry is going. In earlier, I couldn't get it in, but it's yeah. Well, Jordan, Randy wouldn't Jordan, shut up. Jordan does uh, this. is a long-term thing, but no, <laughs> I do. I, I was going to get there, but it's, you guys don't want me. This is no, this, like maybe it. maybe we'll have this we'll have this discussion on the beer tour during during. A Rocky Mountain, um, which I'm really, really, really trying to be at. So hopefully yeah. I can make that happen. That'd be great. Uh, Eric, what's yes. going on Smoke Night Live this Friday? All right. So this Friday night on Smoke Night Live, there will be no Smoke Night Live because Jordan and I will actually be traveling all the Ooh. way to Costa Rica on airplanes and cars and buses and uh, maybe a mule or two. I don't even know. Like it could nice. be a mule or two. And uh, we'll be hanging out in Costa Rica for the next week and we'll do some stuff down there, uh, share uh, what's going on in in the beautiful country of Costa Rica. So no no show this Friday, but we're still do Friday Night Herf. Remember, there's always Friday Night Herf, so we're going to have some fun on Friday night. Jordan and I will be smoking uh, some cigars in the infinity pool, right, Jordan? We'll be in the infinity pool smoking cigars. It's going to be amazing. But the week after... Robbie and Randy the week after that uh, the week after this Friday 
Steve Saka will be on the show. We will be talking nice. tons of Wagashi. How did this cigar come to be? And at that point, you have probably done your pre-order at that point because tomorrow at noon Eastern is the pre-order. So remember to jump on that early. So not this Friday. Next Friday, Steve Saka, Smoke Night Live. That's what we'll be doing next time. Beautiful. So I think uh, we're actually off since, Randy, they're going on vacation and we weren't invited. Uh, we get next Wednesday <laughs> off. Is that is that how that's that works? That's correct. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, a, that's a rumor I, I heard floating around. Yeah. But what will be the week after that? Yeah, we've got. Well, uh, what's the next pairing that we're going to be doing in this beer trend segment, Randy? Well, the week after that, I'm I'm super excited to, to uh, continue talking about beer trends and where we see things going, and 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 I'll give you guys a, a little uh, a little teaser that not all these styles are going to be completely new to you, but mm, we are going to we, we are gonna, we are going to stick with. Um, with some of the new, because I want to make sure that we're, that we're introducing some of these trends to everybody. And so uh, two weeks from tonight, uh, the next time we air on Flavor Odyssey, we are going to be featuring Italian Pilsners. So oh many, so, so much of the beer industry uh, goes from, uh, from that hop fatigue to really wanting something light and crisp without all the hops. I want to talk about like some of the innovation and some of the trends that we see on the lighter side of things. Uh, and then we, we might be finishing up on the heavier side of things, but uh, you'll have to tune in to find out more about that, but go out and look for Italian Pilsners. This is going to be another one you're not going to find in your major grocery stores, but you're going to have to probably go visit some of your local breweries and find out where an Italian Pilsner is being brewed near you. You know that me and Robbie are both half <laughs> Italian, so it's a true story. <laughs> I, I can, I can, I took Italian in college. I can speak a little bit. Mm. I know, Pizza. I know one, one phrase in Italian. <laughs> Donde está one. la biblioteca? <laughs> Soy Roberto. Hey. Soy Mariano. That's, no. that's, uh, that's not necessarily a phrase, but, but, but I'll allow it's, it. It's, it's more of a statement. Uh, yeah. the, the, the one thing I know I remember from Italian is was we took it in the afternoon, and it was like a four-hour class, so we would get a break. And whenever we wanted to take our break, it was me and my two roommates were in the class together. And one of us would raise our hand and we'd say, Professoresa, andiamo a fumare. And that means we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to go smoke. smoke. <laughs> we're going to go smoke. Andiamo a fumare. That's the only thing I got in Italian. Uh, so we will, uh, we will do that in a couple of weeks. Uh, looking forward to that. That's a fun style. And you will find, again, like I said, if you've got a local brewery, chances are you can find that style. They're probably not packaging it. So you might have to go, maybe you get a crowler or a growler, whatever they offer uh, at, uh, at, at the, the space. But um, and there's some, some classic styles, too, that you can find at like your BevMo's and your Total Wines. Um, I can't think of any of the, the names uh, off the top of my head, but I know there's a few. So that should be a lot of fun. Randy, I love Pilsners, so uh, you know I'm totally all about it. Uh, everybody, thanks again for tuning in. Glad you were able to, hopefully you were able to track down a cold IPA. If not, seek some out and again, buy them so we can keep drinking them because they're delicious. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Everybody have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. We'll see you next Wednesday. No, two Wednesdays from now, two weeks as Odyssey continues.